This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Matt McCambridge, Chief Quality and Patient Safety Officer at Lehigh Valley Health Network. Matt, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor to be here. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare right now. And certainly, you know, from Lehigh Valley, just such a great uh, program you have there. And so I'm excited to learn more about what you're doing and, and where things are headed. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Thank you. Um, I'd be happy to. So I'm a pulmonary and critical care physician. I still practice medicine about one day a week. As a matter of fact, I just finished seeing patients uh, about a half hour ago. I'm mostly uh, uh, office practice now rather than ICU medicine anymore. I started my career, I'm a little different than most people. I started my career off in the United States Army. I went to college and medical school in the Washington, D.C. area, and then I went to Walter Reed for all of my training, internal medicine, pulmonary, and critical care. And then after that, uh, the Army uh, sent me down to Fort Bragg in North Carolina, um, and I served at Womack Army Medical Center. I ran the ICUs there, and I was also a battalion aid surgeon in the 82nd Airborne Division. So at that point, after about five years, I was uh, I had fulfilled my Army commitment, and at that point, it was 2003, and I came home. I came back home to civilian life uh, back here to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where I'm, I'm sitting right now, into the Lehigh Valley Health Network. And I started off as a staff physician. I had a number of leadership positions, um, president of the medical staff, chairman of critical care, and then about seven years ago, um, after two years of graduate school, I went back to grad school and got a master's in healthcare quality and patient safety at Northwestern. And then um, about seven years ago, I got I got this job that I'm in now, um, chief quality patient safety officer. And then about a year ago, I got something added to my title. I have a very long title. I have a chief quality patient safety and acute care continuum officer. And that has a lot to do with um, our, our interest in value-based care. Uh, so, and right now my areas of responsibility are quality, patient safety, I have infection control and infection prevention. I have regulatory and accreditation. Interestingly, I have radiation safety that comes up through me. Um, and then inpatient and transitional value-based care. And then all other duties are defined as so many chief quality officers have out there. That's, uh, that's a big category for me, that last category. Absolutely. That's fascinating to hear. And certainly, you know, great um, career and experiences that you had going up the ladder and from a physician and then having so many leadership roles as well. And now I'm just continuing to expand your role as healthcare evolves and changes, which is great. What are some of the biggest issues that you're following in healthcare right now? Well, there is so much going on in healthcare right now. I have to say one of the things that has my attention very much, um, particularly with respect to quality and safety, is the healthcare workforce challenges we're having right now with nurses and physicians and all the other staff, uh, PTOT, x-ray techs, uh, surgical technicians everywhere, still the challenges we're having with the healthcare workforce and how that impacts hospital finances and then how all of that impacts quality and safety, you know, an investment into quality and safety. And I think for me, over the last couple of years, that's probably the top thing um, is the interaction between all those factors, the workforce, the finances, and then how that impacts uh, quality and safety. So that would be, I would say, probably the one of the top things on my mind. Another thing on my mind is um, 
probably what everybody else has been experiencing is the, the mental health crisis in America, in our communities, and how that's impacting our hospitals uh, and the, our mental health resources that we have to help our communities. And I think the last one that uh, I've been impressed on with this over this past year or so is healthcare affordability uh, and people putting off care with potentially poor outcomes. I think that's a big issue. So those, those three things, the, the workforce and how that impacts quality and safety, finances and quality and safety, the mental health crisis, which is an everyday thing, at least where we are here, and then healthcare affordability, the, the larger concept of healthcare affordability and um, how that's impacting outcomes. That's really fascinating to hear. And I appreciate you touching on all those factors because I can imagine so many healthcare executives across the country are, are really seeing similar things and um, trying to work through those challenges, as you mentioned, thinking about finances and how, you know, um, the workforce redesigning certain aspects of the workforce, clinical as well as an administrative, and then, you know, how that can impact the organization financially. Mental health as well is huge for so many different communities. I know particularly for you as well in Pennsylvania. And then finally, the affordability of healthcare um, really makes a big difference. When you look at all of those things together, um, is there anything that you've been doing at Lehigh Valley Health Network um, to really address any of these issues that's had some great results? Well, uh, we'll do so many things in all of those different areas that... Um, that I think is probably not all that unique to us. I think the one thing that was particularly excited about is um, virtual nursing and how virtual nursing can support the bedside nurses. Um, we opened up uh, the ninth tele-ICU in the country way back in 2004, and we've been very heavily interested and heavily invested in telemedicine. I saw nine patients today, and three of them were video visits, and that video platform has been transformative to us through COVID, and we're really starting to leverage that in our virtual nursing space. Uh, there's uh, some health systems out there like Houston Methodist that are, are really setting, uh, setting the tone for the rest of us, and we're trying to, uh, we're trying to do that same thing and, and um, take some of these more seasoned nurses that may be closer to retirement or other nurses that are, are interested in getting away from the bedside um, and, and having them work in virtual nursing. And another thing that we're doing here is at our health system, we have 21,000 employees and we have um, many nurses that work in administrative roles. And those nurses are also working part-time in virtual nursing. So maybe spending 5% of their week as virtual nurses. And, and that's something that, um, that we're doing here as well. So really excited ab about that and how that's gonna potentially help this larger problem. It's so fascinating to hear about and definitely great that, you know, it seems like you were early in terms of some of your virtual care, um, you know, pursuing that in, in virtual nursing, too. Is, is there anything else that you're looking at that you're excited about or what also makes you nervous? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm really excited about some of the things. I, I just saw a bunch of patients today and I, I was thinking as I was seeing one of my patients that, you um, over the last 25 years as a pulmonary doctor, there's been such dramatic changes. It used to be that the patients would come to me with x-rays uh, in a manila, you know, in a, in, a, in a folder and it would hardly be tracked on everything. And I had really complicated patients today and you can just, it's all right there in front of me in the electronic medical record. And it's just really amazing. And some of the advancements that I'm really excited about are in medical technology 
what we're doing and what the rest of the country is doing in robotic surgery. I already mentioned telemedicine, wearable health devices, personalized medicine, and how all of that ultimately, hopefully, will have positive outcomes uh, for patients. So that's one area I'm really excited about. I would say another area that has really got my attention and we're really excited about here is um, the innovative treatments and therapies, um, particularly, and I'm sure you've been following this, but the, the weight loss drugs, um, medications for congestive heart failure seem to be coming, uh, have really come a long way. The gene and cell therapies for certain diseases like spinal muscle atrophy, um, leukemia, uh, the CAR T cell therapies for leukemia and lymphomas, gene editing therapy and, and CRISPR-Cas9 therapies. There's just so much happening now that's really exciting. Uh, immunotherapies, regenerative medicine, there's just so much to be positive about and be excited about. And that's what I'm excited about. I have to say the thing that makes me nervous about all that is uh, the rising cost of healthcare. Um, many of those things I just mentioned are so unbelievably expensive. And, um, you know, um, we're already spending we're already spending 1.7 trillion dollars a year, uh, at least on Medicare and Medicaid. Um, 4.3 or so trillion dollars in healthcare and these new therapies, while they're you know potentially wonderful and life saving, the thing that concerns me is um, the rise in costs of, of of healthcare. And the other thing that concerns me is uh, healthcare access and disparities, um, leading to unequal health comes. That's very important. And I would say. Um, you know, um, provider shortages and burnout is, of course, on, on our list here and on my list. Health system complexity and then, of course, data security, um, something that we have to all healthcare administrators, I think, right now are, are very keenly aware of. And so there you go. I think another thing that's, that's interesting is we've made a lot of progress in patient safety, um, but I, I think there's a lot of progress that needs to be made yet with regard to patient safety. And I think we've, we've, we've made a good start in patient safety, but there's a lot more, lot more progress that needs to be made. Absolutely. I think that's such a great point. You know, definitely look back and see how much uh, you've grown. And, and like you said, progress has been made, been able to do more to keep patients safe, but then still, you know, there, there's so much um, left to be done and, and certainly um, a lot of room for innovation. Where do you see as um, being important for leaders to become the most effective healthcare leaders possible over the next two to three years or so? What will help leaders be successful, especially as healthcare changes, as we see some of the different dynamics in the field change, as technology improves, and all those kinds of things? What should leaders be thinking about? Yeah, so I read this wonderful book a few years ago um, by Elizabeth Rosenthal. She's a Harvard-trained ED doctor who writes in the New York Times from time to time, and she also wrote a book called An American Sickness, uh, excellent book. And there's one thing she said in that book that really resonates with me. And I think um, healthcare right now, healthcare leaders, uh, people like me are trying to find that balance between the Mother Teresa side of healthcare and the Goldman Sachs side of healthcare and trying to find that perfect balance. And I think that effective leaders moving forward, um, I just would submit this to you that uh, potentially should be thinking about doubling down on the quote unquote, the softer stuff, things like um, awareness and empathy, um, humility, you know, um, uh, authenticity, those types of things. And I think, think um, you know, 
it's going to be a little funny to say, but I think just kind of getting back to the basics with respect to our patients and um, making sure that on the Mother Teresa side of healthcare that we're, we're um, making sure that we surround our patients with love and protecting our patients when they need to be protected um, from the patient safety standpoint, advocating and fighting for our patients when they need to be advocated and fought for, particularly patients that don't look like me, you know, um, patients that um, and need us to, to be fought for and then comfort patients when they need to be comfort, comforted. And I think healthcare leaders doubling down on things like love and respect, respect for our workers, respect for our patients, I think that will, will be really, really important. And I think one other thing is, so that's all good, um, talking about that softer stuff, but I think the healthcare leaders also have to get results. Um, and I think the results that healthcare leaders need to be getting in the next few years with the way healthcare finances are right now is in areas of um, efficiency and waste is one area. And another area is, is, is patient safety. So efficiency and waste, um, I think there's an awful lot of opportunity uh, within our health systems to become more efficient for our patients so that the patients uh, are moving through the system better. There's less waste. Um, and I think that's a really important concept. And then for patient safety, I think it's important for healthcare leaders to be, I think leapfrog A and CMS star ratings, all of those are wonderful things. They've gotten us a good start, but I do believe there's another level of patient safety we can get to. Um, making sure like your hospital has a, a, a good and well-functioning things like an anticoagulation clinic. How do you do preoperative um, surgical assessment? How does your blood bank function? Is it function safely and is it efficient? And then in areas like surgery, doubling down on things like wrong side surgeries, retained foreign bodies, lost specimens, um, you know, injuries that can happen with surgeries, and then so many other categories. And, and thinking about patient safety a little bit differently um, when it comes to like maybe GI, adenoma detection rates, nursing with telemetry and falls and pressure injuries. I think all of these areas, there's a kind of an entry level patient safety, but then there's another level we can get to when it comes to, to patient safety. So I think as far as leadership goes, um, focusing on um, some of the softer stuff, and then at the same time, um, really, really focusing on getting results. And I think challenging, but I think that's gonna be, I think that's gonna be the future. Absolutely. I think that's such a fine line to walk, but certainly being able to have that dual focus and doing it well, um, it really seems like it would be quality of successful leaders. I know easier said than done in many cases, but um, certainly so, so important to uh, drive healthcare in the future. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting discussion. I, I have like a, a couple of pages of notes here. Just looking through everything you talked about um, seems so relevant and so important to um, the healthcare space today. So we appreciate your time and definitely look forward to connecting with you again soon. Well, thanks so much, Laura. It's really been an honor to, to be here and I appreciate the conversation. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.